Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees, which brings together diverse and unique voices from around the world to share their stories. If you liked today's episode, remember to give us a like, subscribe, and leave a review. Here's your host, David Shunk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Voice of Adoptees. Today, we have the pleasure to speak with Tarsha from Florida. She's here to uh, share her journey with us and sit down, and we're going to get to know her tonight. So we're, we're so thrilled that she's here. Thank you so much, Tarsha, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's just dive into it and tell us who you are and where you're from and all the fun stuff. Sure. So again, I'm Tarsha. I am the host of the Adoption Journey podcast and do live in Florida. And uh, we were just speaking off of camera, so I'll share this. I recently walked away from corporate America, so I am now an entrepreneur. I teach uh, extreme hip-hop classes, which is a new fun way to do step aerobics. I also... (laughs) Hey, that's, yeah, that's one way. (laughs) I am a holistic health coach. And I also drive Uber. So I am working for me and building up my podcast. So those are all the things that I'm doing. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, I'd love to ask you more about your uh, podcast. As you know, or maybe don't know, you know, Voice of Adoptees only started about three months ago, maybe four months ago. So where are you at with your podcast? How long have you been around for? You know, what do you specialize in? Like, tell us a little about it. Yeah, so it sounds like we actually started around the same time. I started in May. Okay, yep, me too. Okay. Okay, yeah, so we, okay. And I decided to, I wanted to tell my adoption story. And I thought, what better way to do that than through a podcast? And it has evolved into me telling the stories of others. But I, not only do I speak to a, a, other adoptees, I also speak to um, adoptive parents, uh, foster parents. I actually just did an interview with a birth parent that she was my first one. I know. Wow, that's a big deal. (laughs) That is a big deal. I can't wait to air that. And just learning these differences. And I think one of the best compliments that I've received so far was from an adoptive parent, actually two adoptive parents letting me know that my podcast is helping them be a better parent. Oh, heard that twice. And I was like, that's awesome. Wow. (laughs) So I just wanted to continue to grow and evolve and, you know, see where it goes. But I kicked it off by telling my own adoption story. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's funny that the start of it sounds very similar to mine, except I didn't, I don't think I used my story for the first episode that was down the line, but I've always tried to find ways of how I can get more involved in adoption and help adoptees, you know, have a voice and a platform where they can just talk about their journey and their story without anyone like you know, opinionated or judgment and just have them come out of their shell and just share anything really they want to share. And, you know, it actually, apparently <laughs> from what I've seen and you probably see, there's a lot of adoptees out there who want to talk and that's great. Right. It, because I believe it's, it's therapeutic. Yes. hundred percent. For yeah. And so people don't mind sharing their stories. They might not share every single detail, but they don't mind sharing their stories. And I have fallen in love with the reunification journey. I think that's important. And 
when I hear these different stories of adoptees going down that journey, whether, you know, it can be good, it can be bad because you don't know what's waiting for you on the other side. Right. But the fact that people, I want to encourage people, I hope to, if, if they want to take that journey, take that journey, just have an open mind about right. it, but take the journey. Yeah. I took the journey. Yeah. Well, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to get into that. Yeah. That's great. I, I did too. And uh, it's something that, you know, I'll never forget. So let's, let's go back to your adoption story, just so we don't get talking about everything else and we get to the end and we forget it all about it. So let's, let's, let's talk about your story. So, you know, where, where did it begin and kind of walk us down through the road, uh, down that road? Absolutely. So I was born in um, 1975. I was born to, my birth mother was 15. And my birth father was 17, but I didn't learn any of this information until a little later on down the road. Um, I I was adopted at five weeks old. My adoptive parents told me that they were notified when I was born. And essentially, the social worker bought them a picture of two different baby girls. And my parents was like, we can't take both babies. <laughs> but my mom said that when she saw my picture, she was like, that's my heart right Aww. there. That's my, right. And so they, she said it was a lot of red tape, which, why, which is why it took a few weeks. But, you know, they adopted me. I grew up very normal, very normal childhood. I don't know if we're, I'll just say it, I am a black adoptee adopted by black parents. Mm -hmm. And so very, very normal childhood. Very, my family is very tight knit on both my mother's side and my father's side. So, you know, I grew up with all of that. I learned I was adopted when I was about six or seven years old. Mm -hmm. And that came about for me because I realized very young that I didn't look like anybody. And I began to question, in particular, I think why it stood out so much is because I am brown skin and my mother is very fair skin. And so now while my father is also about the same complexion as me, you know, my mom, I think that's what it just kind of stood out yeah. to me. And I asked them if I was adopted and they were like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and how, So how old were you when you asked that question? About seven or eight. I was a little girl. Just, and I was just like, okay. And just kind of went on about my merry way. All right. Yeah. And my mom told me, I don't remember this, but I was very excited about being adopted. One day at school for showing tell, that was my showing tell. I'm adopted. And so my mom was like, <laughs> you don't have to tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. At that point, it's like, well, no turning back. <laughs> but, you know, I grew up now that I'm a, in hindsight, I grew up knowing what adoption meant and appreciating it. I think for me, you know, appreciating it. And so I was never angry. I know a lot of adoptees are angry. And I, I've said this a lot. I cannot explain why I never felt angry about yeah. it, but I never felt like, I was giving up. They didn't want me. You know, all those sentiments that some adoptees feel. I never went through that. Um, I don't know if it has to do with the fact that my, I had like, you know, my parents are 
they're amazing. So I don't know if that has anything to do. I don't know. I can't. Yeah. I don't know. No, I totally understand what you're saying. We we hear a lot of different scenarios of uh, adoptees that go through more of a tumultuous, you know, upbringing by their adopted parents sometimes. And when we have success stories, it sounds like what you and I had, it's hard for us to kind of think about because, you know, I'm just like you. I think my parents were amazing and but I, you know, I didn't really have any problems. Like it just felt right. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't feel out of yep. place. I've heard that before. Yeah. Like I didn't feel any of that. And the entire family knew, you know, it wasn't a secret. Right. It, it was just never talked about and, you know, okay. She stopped. Okay. And whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. <laughs> So I will fast forward here. When I became 18, now let me say this, just because I had this great childhood did not take away my curiosity of where did I come from? Right. I did have non-identifying information. As I shared, my mother was 15, father 17. I was born in Chicago. What else did it say? It was my my maternal grandmother's decision to give me up because my birth mother was a minor. Birth weight, time, all that little stuff. But that's all I had. Oh, and the adoption agency. So by the time I turned 20, I actually ended up back in Chicago. Now, I would go back and forth to Chicago growing up because my father, all, his family was there. So going to Chicago wasn't foreign to yeah. me. And while I was in Chicago, I decided to go to the adoption agency and I inquired for post-adoptive services and they responded to me with the letter, letting, giving me a contact person and letting me know the fees and everything for the post-adoptive services. So once I received that letter, I went back down, sat down with that person and they told me that they could, my adoption was closed. And the only thing that they could do was reach out to the family and find out if they wanted any contact. So they did that. And then they came back and told me that my birth family said they didn't want any contact. Mm. And I was like, okay. <laughs> what, what were you feeling at that time, like what was that emotion you first felt? It definitely did sting, but it never made me feel like, well, that's it. I won't try again. Yeah. And I was going through some other stuff in my life during that time. And I think that's why I didn't have a chance to just sit in that. Yeah. And wallow in it because I was going through some other mm -hmm. stuff. So that just kind of went on the back burner. Um, you know, I continued living life. And in 2011, now when I, this first attempt was in 1995. So it sat on the back burner for a long time. <laughs> yep. In 2011, the laws in the state of Illinois changed and you were able to get your original birth certificate. Ah. Yep. Yes. And so I was able to receive mine. I received it in April of 2012. And it had my mother's birth name on there. And I went digging. And <laughs> you did. <laughs> um, her name is 
is the last name I should say is not a common last name. So we're talking 2012. So Facebook was the big thing. Right. And I went digging on Facebook and I kept pulling up her name and nothing was really coming up. So then I decided to just put in the last name. And then I started scrolling. Oh, you know what I forgot to say earlier? Something else that was in my non-identifying information was the fact that I do have a brother that's two years older than me. Oh, okay. Yep. So I knew that. Okay. All right. So I started looking at pictures of people. I'm just looking. And then I ran across a picture of a guy. And I was like, he, I think he looks like me. Now, I have been doing this for a couple of days now. So I don't know if I'm delirious at this point. <laughs> so I brought my husband in for, ver- you know, to verify, am I crazy? Yeah. Or does this happen? <laughs> and he was like, oh, there's definitely some resemblance there. I then uh, started digging on this person's page and noticed that we have a, one mutual friend in common. And it just so happened to be one of my cousins. Wow. That was on my dad's side of the family. So I reached out to this cousin. I told him what I was doing. And I said, can you please reach out to this guy and ask him if his mother's name is such and such? And he did that for me. And the very next day he was like, he said, that's his mom's name. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just found my biological brother. Wow. Wow. Now the scary part. Oh boy. Now I got to reach out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I send a, a DM on Facebook explain to him who I am and it took him 24 hours to respond but he did respond with open arms he was very excited at first he thought I was older but then he realized I was younger and then I realized you don't know he didn't know I existed oh okay yep I was the family secret (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I I was too. I get it. <laughs> if you were not the same age as my birth mother or older, you didn't yep. know. It's true. So, right. And he and I started, you know, talking and I found out I do have a another brother that's 11 years younger than me. Another interesting fact about myself and my older brother, the one that I found initially, we are full blood brother and sister. Wow. We have the same father and mother. Apparently my a birth father, my brother has very vague memories of him as a little boy, but he wasn't around like that. I do know his name yeah. or we do know his name, but that's it. I've not found my paternal side of my family yet okay so that's a work in progress i about a month later i flew up to chicago and i met my other brother i met my maternal grandmother and cousins aunts everything 
I feel like I'm talking a lot. Do you have any questions? Yeah, no, no. I mean, this is what we want to do. We want to get your story out there first. But um, no, I'll, I'll ask if you, I'll ask some questions. Absolutely, I, I have some anyway. So, when you first started talking to your biological brother, what did you guys talk about first off? Uh, like, what happened? Was that a question? Like, what happened? Yeah, I told him what I knew, and he told me what he knew. Now, he, uh, no, for him, our mother was 13 when she had him, so he knew that. And so I was, you know, she was 15 when she had me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I learned that the environment that he grew up in, you know, it was, he was in the hood in Chicago. Yeah. It was rough. And he he said that he he could talk, he thanks God that I was not around because he couldn't imagine having had to watch his back and my back. You know, his little sister trying to, you know, just in the life that it was. Yeah. And for me, I the more and more I learned about the family and what it was like and what they were going through the more and more it made sense to me why they didn't keep me. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Like I had a really good life, especially in comparison. Like I know now for sure what my life would have been versus what it was. And I'm like, thank, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate, I appreciate you making that decision. Right. Because I would, I feel like I wouldn't be who I am today had they not have made that decision. Right. Do you, during this process, it seems like you pretty much went into it expecting no information. Is that correct? Or did you expect that you're going to get something out of it? (laughs) The way my mind works, (laughs) everything is rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's, yeah. Okay. We, we want it to be, yeah. <laughs> we want it to be. Yep. And so I don't know what kind of expectations I I had. I can tell you this for sure. That first time when I, the adoption agency reached out, I just knew they were going, when I went back and they, they were going to be like, yeah, they're ready to meet. And so that was kind of a reality check. So this time, the second time when I did send my brother the um, the, direct, the DM, I was very nervous, but I wasn't discouraged. Just because years prior, somebody said no. Okay. So maybe that is a testament to my rainbows and <laughs> unicorns and ponies. When you first start talking to your um, biological father, what were some questions, I guess, you wanted answered right away from him? I've, I've not contacted him. I don't know him. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm talking about, um, that's right, because you said that he's still missing or you can't find. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, he's, yeah, he's okay. not around. I don't, I don't know. I should have an update to that part of my story here very soon. Okay. Well, <laughs> we look forward to hearing it. <laughs> but as of right now, I have no contact with Okay. Him. So when you went to Chicago and you got to see and visit, you said you met cousins, aunts, uncles, 
tell us about that. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that experience like? Was there a lot of crying, a lot of hugging? It, there were some tears or there was hugging. The biggest thing for me, um, until I had had my oldest son, which I had had, I, he was born in 95. Mm-hmm. I had never seen another human being that looked like yeah. him. And so when I met them in 2012 to be in a room full of people and I can see the resemblance, yeah. like I can see myself, that was crazy. And people that are raised with their biological families don't think about this. You you have no reason to think about it. You're always looking at somebody that looks exactly. like you. Exactly. So to be in a room, I remember staring like my brother and myself look a lot alike if you go like uh, episode four of my podcast he actually on there and we look a lot alike it's crazy and exciting so it was yeah that's awesome i i know i totally agree with you when you say that biological you know families they take a lot for granted that you know adopted children and adoptees we would like you know growing up we would have loved to know what our parents like looked like or when we were in Mm -hmm. biology class you know i I share this to a lot of people being in biology class and we're talking about genetics and it's like well Mm -hmm. i don't know if uh my father or mother gave it to me you know i don't have that information (laughs) yeah it's just little stuff like that i mean i you know, I, you know, medical history, I didn't know, you know, I was adopted internationally from Russia. Yes. So that's a bit more extreme. But you know, we, the paperwork over there is like half made up sometimes. <laughs> so we have adoptees who don't even know if their birthday was right, or wrong, or because the Soviet Union at the time, you know, crashed and the Russia, Russian government just wasn't established at that time, really. So things were very kind of iffy when it came to paperwork. But you know, like I never knew what type of blood type. I didn't know my blood type. I didn't know family history or genetic issues I need to look for. Or, you know, I I was right. Yeah. So the fact that now, you know, I establish that contact and you establish that contact, it's nice to have at least something on the grounds of, hey, you know, maybe if something happens, we can ask them, does this run in the family? And they can say yes. <laughs> right. Um, something one of my older cousins, she started showing me pictures of my birth mother when she was a little girl. Yeah. Relatives that have passed on, like great grandmother and aunties and uncles and just, you know, you know, just family photos. And so that was really, really cool. I could say what my birth mother was a little girl. I looked like her. When I was a little girl, that's what I looked mm-hmm. like. I was like, oh, that's so weird to see. <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. Let me round the corner to my birth mother. Okay. I didn't meet her. She, I, I learned that she was not in Illinois anymore. She actually had relocated to Alabama and had been there for the past 20 years. So I met her the following year. My husband and I drove to Alabama. And we stayed at a hotel, which was about 30 minutes from her house. When we got in, freshened up or whatever, we were headed to her house. And now, mind you, she and I had talked on the phone, but this was our first meeting face to face. Got it. 
halfway there, I had to tell my husband to pull over because I was about to be sick because my stomach was in knots. And it, it was so different because when I met, when I flew to Chicago to meet my brothers, it was a different kind of, like, I was super excited yeah. about meeting them. I was super nervous about meeting my birth mm -hmm. mother. I think maybe it's just, it's, maybe it's on a whole different level or something, you know? I mean, I, I could understand that. Yeah, it was, ugh. and I got myself together and we continued on and I could tell when I got there, she was just as nervous as I was. Our relationship is not the same, like with, what it is with my, me and my brothers. Mm -hmm. It's like me and my brothers clicked. Yeah almost immediately with her, I could tell that the adoption and anything else that might've gone in her, on in her life has been hard. And so any questions that I had, because remember I'm going into this like real optimistic. Right. Unicorns and... and... Have a, <laughs> unicorns, rainbows, and ponies. There we go. That's, that's the episode <laughs> name right there. Yep. <laughs> I, she, she doesn't have a lot of conversation and I, I used to get very frustrated by that. Cause I'm like, I have these questions and why are you not answering my questions? And something I've had to learn is you have to meet people where they are. Yeah. And I've had to do that with her and that makes it not so hard and you know maybe i i know everything that they have to tell at least my maternal side everything they have to tell me mm -hmm. and we'll see what happens if and when i find my paternal side were there were there certain questions that your biological mother didn't answer necessarily that you really wanted an answer uh about the things that I wanted to know when I saw how hesitant she was about talking about any of it, I decided not to ask. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I wanted to know things like, did she know that she was going to have to give me up for adoption? Or did you find out when you had me that this was about to happen? Because remember, it wasn't her decision. Right. That's a good point. <laughs> My paperwork said that I spent the first 24 hours with her. So I'm curious to know, you know, what, what did you know? Um, I wanted to ask more questions about my birth father. She gave very little detail about him. You think it just, uh, and, it was just too much for her to handle or? I yeah. Do. Okay. I do. I do. And I also know me well enough to know that I I just go in with guns blazing. But I've also had <laughs> Yep. I've had time to process this though. Right. You yeah. know? And because this has been my reality all my life, I've known. And so and for her, not to say that she didn't know, but I don't know what you tucked away in your mind. Mm -hmm. I don't know, not to say that she forgot, but you know, 
how far removed were you from this? I'm sure in her mind, she was never going to see me again. Yeah. Until, and, yeah. Until something like that happens. So, yeah. Right. Hey, girl. <laughs> Did you miss me? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, yeah, I've stopped asking questions. Yeah. My older cousin has been a wealth of knowledge. She has told me some stuff that she kind of remembers because she she was older, so she wasn't really around like that. But she definitely re- she knew I existed and some other little details. But, you know, she has asked me, she was like, why do you need to know? Why do you keep digging? Why do you? And I don't have an answer for that question. But I can tell you from speaking to other adoptees, it is certainly a trait we all have. And and I feel like even if we get answers, we still think that's not the full answer. So we're going to keep digging. (laughs) Right. So I I told her, I don't know. And she's like, just leave it alone. And I'm like, no, (laughs) I have more questions. Yeah. So what was what was something that your birth mom said that really stuck to you uh after that first meeting was there maybe a maybe an answer to one of your questions or what is something that you know right off the top of your head you remember immediately from that conversation she told me and i won't say what it is i don't want to disclose any names but she told me what she wanted to name me Oh, no, girl. <laughs> Nobody likes that name. <laughs> she told me, and now my brothers are true brothers. Mm-hmm. Like, they crack on me and pick on you, just like siblings yep. do. What does she say that in front of them for? Because now, guess what they want to call oh, me no. sometimes? <laughs> and I don't respond. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who you're talking to. Who is that? <laughs> so that's one of the things that I remember. But it also lets me know that there was some kind of relationship there with her and my birth mm-hmm. father because it's a female version of his name. Okay. Yep. Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So hmm. when you first started like this journey, would you say you were mentally prepared for it or no? <laughs> Rainbows, Rainbows, unicorns. unicorns. Yep. <laughs> I just, you know what? I actually attacked it like I attacked a lot of things just in life in general. I just kind of jumped. Yeah. I just, uh, that's, I just go. And I think I attacked this in the same manner. And then I deal with what comes as it comes. Yeah. When um when you were when you made that choice to search and to find all this information out, um, was there anyone in your life that was trying to, I guess, voice their own opinion about if you should or should not do it or try to weigh in their thoughts, or did you really have complete control over the situation? I had complete control over the situation and I had total support from my adoptive parents. That's which I'm finding it is rare. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. So that's very lucky. Yeah, and, I can say that yeah. I, I feel like 
by the time I did it, you know, I was 20. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm quote unquote an adult, but not really. But no one ever really grows up. I'm still not grown. Still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. I, my parents, they, they were supportive and they felt like I should know. And that's it. You know, they have, they've met my brothers and my, my older brother is married and they've met his wife. You know, they're they're just very supportive because they understand that's a part of who I am and it doesn't replace them. And I think that's where some adoptive parents are afraid of. Like I did everything right. Why do you need to go and do that? And I wish that, I hope that adoptive parents would understand it doesn't mean that you did anything wrong because my parents certainly didn't do anything wrong. I think it's just a natural curiosity that you are raised with your biological family. You don't get that because you don't have a reason to have that curiosity. You know where you came from. Right. Exactly. And that is actually very, yeah, a lot of adoptees feel the same way. And, you know, it's, it really saddens me to hear when the adoptive parents are so worried to the point that they will even hide information from them. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, and my response is someone asked me like, you know, what do you think about some, like an adoptive family that adoptive parent that, you know, spends all this time and effort and adopts a child and then restricts access to like their files. And I say, well, that's, that's in my opinion, unethical. And it's even maybe inhumane in some ways, denying access and basic human, it, it falls under basic human rights, in my opinion, that people deserve to know where they're from. They deserve to know when they're born. They deserve to know what they were named when they were born. That's information that's theirs. And for you to dictate, to take it away from them, I think is very wrong. And the fact that you're adopting a child, you you know that you're taking on that responsibility. And you're also taking on a child that whether you like it or not, you know, their story started before you and you have to be okay with that. And sometimes they're not, but it's really awesome when the adoptive parents come together and then the birth parents respect each other. And that's something that is really cool to see because then the adoptee gets the benefit because we have two massive families that good luck when you have children, you try to explain to them their family history. Like, like well (laughs) now they haven't met my they have not met my my birth mother i don't know if they want to do that they respect her i know for sure but i don't know that they want to meet her but they were cool with meeting my my brothers let me clarify something because you talked about changing names and i know this is a big deal my birth mother did not officially name me on my birth certificate it just said baby girl and then the last name okay it's when I met her, she was like, let me tell you what I was going to name you. And I was like, uh-uh. <laughs> nope. Yeah. It's a hard no for me. <laughs> so I just wanted to make sure that that was understood. My adoptive parents didn't change my name, if yeah. you will. I was never given the first name. I was never given. I think sometimes, going back to what you were mm-hmm. saying, Adoptive parents sometimes think if I change their name, if I, I'm, well, maybe I won't say name, if I hold back information, 
I'm saving them or erasing whatever that thing may be. And so, and then I'm going to help, help, help you start over and give you a brand new right. life. So you'll never have to look back. And that is the biggest hole that adoptive parents could dig themselves into. There are some adoptees are cool. They don't need to know. But then there's others like you and I that need to know all the That's things. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everything and many more. <laughs> so, everything. All the things. And I just think, you know, if I had to say anything to adoptive parents, be careful with that. And just be open. Right. And because you don't know when that child grows up, you don't know. And don't gatekeep. Let these children know very early that they're adopted. You're going to save yourself some trouble. Absolutely. Yep. I couldn't agree, couldn't agree more. Don't save yourself heartache. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Unnecessary tension down the line. Yeah. So let's talk about the, your podcast now. You said that you kind of got the idea because you wanted to share your story and that, you know, method of a podcast was something you saw was a great avenue to go through. What was your early vision of the podcast? Did you already have it kind of planned of what you wanted to be or was it kind of go with the flow, unicorns, all that? <laughs> That's it. You nailed it right on the head. <laughs> I knew that I wanted to start with my story and start telling other stories. What I was not prepared for was the amount of people that have been so receptive and wanting to come on the yeah. show. I didn't know what that would look like, but my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, it, it, it's been incredible. The amount of people I've gotten to speak to in this short amount of time. Oh, I know I'm right there with you. And it just shows that there are so many adoptees out there that really want to have a platform. And that's awesome that right. podcasts like yours and mine exist out there where we give the opportunity for people to come on and have that healing process that we spoke about in the beginning. It's an important avenue. The healing yeah. process and people that are thinking about adopting. Exactly. I want to give you something to think about. Yeah. Because this might not be for you. Yeah. It may be, but it may not be. Yeah. Because I'm sure there are things that you've not thought about and not to any fault of their own. It's just because you're not an adoptee. Exactly. So you're not going to be able to, yeah, there are certain things that they may <laughs> not think of that we will. And yeah. yeah. And it, that's actually a really good point that, you know, people who want to adopt, they get to listen to our podcasts and be like, wow, you know, I never thought about that. If I adopt, will my future child ask those questions in 20 years? Like, <laughs> and they probably, and they probably will. will. Yep. <laughs> and maybe not even at 20 years, maybe they ask them at seven like yep. me. Yeah. So yeah, don't, don't gatekeep at just, yeah. And so that is the vision that I have for the podcast to continue to grow and grow and grow. If you were to ask me what it looks like in I was five just about years, to say, what are some future plans? <laughs> <laughs> some future plans. I would hope to be able to begin some kind of nonprofit for post-adoptive services. 
especially in the black community mm -hmm. because uh the adoption the adopt yeah the adoption conversation is very taboo I'm not saying that we don't talk about it but we don't talk about it if that makes sense got it <laughs> and i just want more resources out there uh that are geared for us we just don't I don't know when I dig and I look and I see these resources and there's things for different ethnicities, but I don't see a whole lot for us. Mm. I'm noticing. So I would like to begin a nonprofit that has those things such as, you know, retreats and uh, therapy and, anything else, classes and sessions just all those things so that is what i hope that the podcast can evolve into and then whatever you know whatever god says that it's supposed to be then it will be that's awesome that's that's no, that's really <laughs> that's really great and i'm sure out of all people it'll be you that figures that one out because you know you're you have the drive i can tell and and i don't think there's anyone as optimistic as you with the Unicorns and the, you know the rainbows and <laughs> so you got that going for you. I love that. That's great. Um, so my my final question for you is, what piece of advice can you leave to our listeners today? I have a piece of advice for adoptees. My advice to adoptees is to be okay with who you are, period. Love who you are, period. I personally, and I know this is a personal opinion, being adopted, I know our stories are different. And I know some of them are beautiful, some of them are nightmares, but you still matter. No matter what, you matter. And so... That is my message to adoptees. I have another message. My adoptive parents, I hope you're listening. Remain open to your adopted child. Absolutely. It's like Forrest Gump said, you don't know what you're going to get. <laughs> that's that's right. That's so, that's so true. Truth. Yep. DNA is real. That's right. You have nurture, nurturing versus nature. Yep. Please keep that in mind. And both of them are powerful. Exactly. So just, just have an open mind. So those are, oh, one more yeah. thing. My birth parents. Hmm. hmm. Especially if you're thinking about having an adoption plan. Just make sure you do your due diligence. Make sure you have counseling. And actually, that therapy message, that goes all the way across the board. Everybody should have therapy, especially if you are going through something. Please go get help. Please go get therapy. Um, my birth parents, just do your due diligence. I will never, ever say don't. I will never, ever say do. Just do your due diligence and make sure that the adoption plan works for you. And do not be coerced into doing it. Right. There's always resources out there and 
it's available and definitely use it. Yeah. Use it. Right. That's that's amazing. That was, that was just amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Really. It means a lot that you took the time out of your uh, busy schedule to come sit with me and chat and uh, get to know your story and to tell everyone about your journey. It's very exciting. And I definitely hope that we'll be seeing you soon uh, with more updates about your journey and you're always welcome uh, anytime. So Tarsha has been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for stopping by. It means a lot. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That was another episode of Voice of Adoptees. Thank you so much for stopping by. If you want to listen to Tarsha's story, you can check it out on our website, voiceofadoptees.com, as well as all of our podcast providers. Thank you so much to all the listeners out there. We really mean, you guys all mean a lot to us, including our interviewees. Take care, come back and see us again soon, and we'll catch you next episode. Voice of Adoptees, who am I? Thanks for listening to Voice of Adoptees. Please take a moment to like, subscribe, and leave a review. See you next time.